We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and, of course, GSPN, your home for Wisconsin sports and plenty more content. I'm Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the prepared Rohan Kadi at 7 a.m. Rohan, were we too excited about Giannis and Chris returning to sleep or what? I mean, sure. Let's let's. I mean, yeah. It was it was a very exciting night. We were uh, watching the game live on playback. Uh, if you did not, if you don't know what that is, by the way, it's just a way for us to like all a lot of us, our community, be in the game room together, watch the game together, all in sync. We have the GSPN crew on stage talking during the game. It's a, it's a great fun time. If you if you've never joined us, make sure to join us in the future. Link to that room is at gspn.info, as well as links to everything else we do, including all of GSPN's other podcasts, Substack, merch, whatever you want. It's on gspn.info. Exactly. So go check out playback. We actually, as you're hearing this, if you're if you're uh, uh, an eager beaver and you listen the first day it comes out tonight. There's a cruising for a bruising playback on game 163 against the Cubs. Uh, I, I got yelled at last night for spoiling some things that happened in that game that occurred several years ago. But if you want to relive that with some great Brewers fans, hosts of Cruising for a Bruising, GSPN's Milwaukee Brewers podcast, you know, check it out. Go find that playback at gspn.info. You can always find links in our Discord as well, which also... It's found at gspn.info. Okay. Oh, wait. No, one more housekeeping thing. Oh, yeah. Happy belated birthday. Oh, thanks, Rohan. Appreciate it. The Bucks decided to give me a very nice present. 150 points in a win over the Pistons. And, of course, the real exciting news that Giannis and Chris are back. First, though, some trivia. I think you guys reached this conclusion on the playback. I was there, too. But do you know the last time the Bucks dropped 150 in any Regular season or postseason game? I didn't check preseason because no one cares. I did not. I I don't remember this. If this was brought up, it was a long oh, day. Uh, yeah, it's got to be. Oh wait, is it a Wizards game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it when Chris dropped fifty? It is okay. January twenty eighth, twenty twenty. The Washington Wizards. So nearly three years to the day after the last time. I want you to try and tell me the Bucks starting five for that game. Oh, boy. Okay, so there was no Giannis that game. Yep, Giannis was out. It was Bledsoe? Yep. Bledsoe, Chris? Yep. Brooke? Also, real quick, yes, Bledsoe had 34, 10, and 6 rebounds that game. He was a regular season monster. He really was. 10 for 10 from free throw for Bledsoe, 12 for 12 from free throw for Chris. It was just the it was just the other stuff that uh, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, got him. Yeah, yeah. So we got Bledsoe, we got Chris, we got Brooke. Yep. We got Pat. 
No. Nope. Pat came off the bench. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it was it 2020 Brogdon? Uh, no. Oh, Brogdon was out there. Uh, Wes. Wes. Yep. Wes. Wes started at the two. One more. Bobby? No, this is. I think this is. No, that's pre Bobby. That's yeah. pre Bobby. What am I talking about? It's early. Um, um, this guy. No. Oh, what we were joking about. Somebody learning oh. from this guy. Oh. Pat learning from this guy, actually. Oh, Ursan. Yep, Ursan starts Ursan at the four. Ilisova. Yep, and then the bench is Dante, Pat, George Hill, Robin Lopez, Kyle Korver. I thought it, I, it, it was pre-Miritich trade. Yes. No, yeah, it was, no, that no, was, it was, the, po- it was that the season the, after. That was the year after. Yeah, I'm so after. lost. You're all over the place. Yeah, I somehow, is, I somehow got four of the five without knowing what year it was. This, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and usually I feel like years you're good at, days of the week you're not as good at. Yeah, this was the Bucks team that looked like they were ready to rampage to a title revenge season, and then the bubble and Rudy Gobert's fault basically and threw everything off and yada yada. But yeah, that was the last time the Bucks dropped 150 until they did so Monday night against Detroit. Nobody had 50 this time. Really just a, a pretty all-around inspiring team effort. But Giannis rampages back after, what did he miss, five games? Five. Five straight games. The longest layoff for him in quite a while. 20 points in the first quarter. Ends with 29 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, eight for 15 from the field, two for four from deep, 11 for 17 from free throw, which is just fine for Giannis. He looked like Giannis again, and... You know, Chris, I think, is the one we'll probably spend a little more time on because obviously the layoff has been longer and the status has been less clear. But I've got to say, really nice and reassuring to watch Giannis play like this again, too, after I don't think any of us expected him to be out, I mean, more than two games when they played Miami. And then, okay, back-to-back after that, and then they have a couple days, days off. I get it why he doesn't play there. Then he also doesn't play the Cavs game, and it's like, all right, this is a little... This is a long time for Giannis, but thankfully he looked pretty damn good out there against Detroit. Yeah, it's the second time in as many years that Shams has predicted a date for a Bucks player coming back, and it's not happened. Uh, are they doing this on purpose? They, if it, if they are, honestly, I respect <laughs> it. <laughs> like, like I respect the chaos that they try to bring. Like, yeah. let's leak some info to Shams just to not do it. Uh, yeah, it was, oh man, he didn't stay for sure. I I will just to give, give him a little leeway. I don't know why, but yeah, he, uh, he did fumble saying they'd probably be back for Saturday's game. I was going to miss part of that game. I was so disappointed. And then I saw the tweets from Jim and Eric, Jim Ozarski and Eric name. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm missing part of this game. I, I feel like I've already basically hit my quota of 22-23 Bucks games without Chris, Giannis, and potentially more guys. Like, I've seen enough of that now. It's kind of fun when they play a lot, right? And they're, oh, okay, we get to watch a lot of Mamu tonight. And, every, and no disrespect to any of the players who've had to step up. I really, I'm on board for the Chris, Giannis, Drew, Brooke games. I, I'm less on board for all the other games. And they've went from, oh, this is going to be fun. We can see what it looks like if... Drew shoots 30 times, and they really need Grayson Allen again to, like, oh, God, really? Again? But thanks to Drew for keeping the Bucks afloat. I was going to say, I was going to say, there's the one, yeah, one player who, like, deserves no disrespect there, especially is Drew Holiday, who, like you said, won Eastern Conference Player of the Week. And I mentioned this on the playback, but it's, like, it's something that Bucks fans, Bucks, um, like, followers have become accustomed to is seeing a Bucks player win Player of the Week awards, Player of the Month awards, they say as my life turns up. Uh, it's, uh, but having Drew Holiday win it get recognized, that's really, really cool. Like, it's not someone we're used to winning these awards. He had to step up when Giannis and Chris were out, uh, especially, like, they're used to Chris being out, but especially with Giannis out, too, he stepped up in a big, big way. And I think it was, uh, I think Lisa brought this up on the uh, on the podcast, on the broadcast. Lisa, come on the podcast. Uh, Please. But uh, it, she, she said when Drew Holiday came to Milwaukee, uh, he kept on asking like Bud and stuff like, hey, what kind of role do you want me to play? 
do you want me to be a score first guard? Do you want me to be more of a facilitator? Do you want me to purely be a defensive stopper? Because he's capable of doing all three of those things. And we've seen him be capable of doing all three of those things. If anything, Ty, I'm okay with seeing Drew find his offensive footing without Giannis and Chris out there because it bodes well for the rest of the season if he's getting his itself into a rhythm and not just the rest of the regular season i'm talking about the playoffs here because the last two playoff runs drew is uh let's say he's at his struggles on the offensive end of the uh, offensive end of the court he's still been a positive he's it's still been a positive he's still been good but there's room for improvement there is there is indeed room for improvement yeah, it, that that has been a nice a nice part for sure. Um, any other notes on on Giannis's return from you? I mean, clearly he looked great, especially early. Basically, kind of ends this game before it really starts, which also was a nice thing that we have not seen very much this season of the Bucks. Just like, no, it's it's never going to be a game. Sorry, but you lost this game. Like Bojan Bogdanovic gets super hot. Really clearly wants the Bucks to take him away from this factory of sadness in Detroit, and. The Bucs are just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. That's cute, Boyan. Good luck with the trade thing. But you're, you're not going to be close in this game. And they never were. Like, Numak at one point comes in the playback and is like, are we worried? Because the Bucs were only up like 22 points. And then Javon Carter hit one of his like three or four straight threes to make it 25. And we're like, no, we're not worried, uh, Numak. It's fine. Yeah. It's uh, Javon Carter had six threes in that game, by the way. Ridiculous. He just started, he's just like, yeah, I I, want to have a fun moment too, guys. And they were like, all right, cool. This is great. Shooting's contagious, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Usually in a negative way for the Bucs, but it's good to see it in a positive (laughs) way. Um, But yeah, I think another thing we should take into account there, like Giannis, obviously incredible. It's the Pistons. Yeah. It's the Pistons. Like, I'm sorry to the Pistons. I've grown, I've grown like affectionate towards the P- Pistons over the last couple of years. Like, oh. I've been like sort of a fan. I'm a big fan of Cade Cunningham. Obviously, he's out for the season. Been yeah. out for the season. Uh, they didn't have Isaiah Stewart in there as well. They were missing yeah. another guy. I forget who they were missing. Did Hayes play? Yeah, Killian Hayes. He, he yeah. didn't play. I was gonna say I didn't notice either. him at all. He's been having a nice little season. Yeah. So it's 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 difficult to to really say hey. The Bucks really showed out here, but it's also like a don't play with your food. Did you see what the Hornets did to them, Rohan? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) I I don't even it it hasn't crossed my mind at all. The oh, it's the Pistons. This league, the way most teams are playing, like the what the way what the Hornets did to them, the Charlotte Hornets on January sixth without Gordon Hayward. A win is a win. He, He he. Unfortunately for them, he pretty clearly was. Not many good spirits in Charlotte. Um, anyway. But yeah, Giannis was Giannis was great. I'm glad we sort of started with Giannis because usually we forget to do that. But it, it was just, I just watching the game was just like, oh yeah, really, even though it hasn't been nearly as long, really miss that guy too. Turns out helps a lot when, when 34 is out there just dominating. And yeah, the Pistons, poor Jalen Durland. Jur- oh my God, Jalen Duran. And Nerland's Noel were like, no shot. Yeah, I was I was concerned a little at first because like Jalen Duran like stayed with Giannis on the first possession for like half a possession. I mean, it led to a wide open three. That probably pissed like, Giannis off, honestly. And I was like, oh, Jalen Duran, he's he's looking a little good. And then Giannis just Giannis just put him in the basket possession after possession. So uh, that was fun. But shout shout out shout out to the Pistons. I like what they're building there. What are they building? Yeah, no, I do too. I mean, it's Wemby sat courtside. They also just got back from France. Wemby sat courtside at that game, and that felt like kind of a, an, a, not an allegory, a sign of things to come. An omen. Yeah, yeah, an omen. That's omen's good. All right, the the Chris main Middleton. the main event, Chris Middleton, Rohan. You you watched more of the game closer than I did. Give me the full scouting report on Chris Middleton's return part two hopefully the final part this season yeah hopefully yeah hopefully the final part this season hopefully we have no more extended absences for Chris Middleton uh stay healthy please he looked good he looked good the first thing I noticed when he came onto the court was one just like just pure joy uh, uh from one my end and two it seemed like his end as well like he seemed really really happy to be out there on the court again 
Uh, and you know, these guys, these guys love, they, they love what they do. So I'm glad to see Chris Middleton back out there just on a personal level, but he looked like he was moving. Well, the first time he came back this season, it was, it, it's something seemed game. a little off. Yeah. Something seemed a little like, Ooh, this seems like, it's like, okay, you know, you're coming back from a long layoff. It's going to be tough. It's it's like you, you could tell like he had missed a long period of time and you could still tell that a bit in this game. But in this game, he felt like he was more fluid in his movements. He felt like, I don't know, he just moved better. He was more he was more attached to guys defensively um, because usually like Chris Middleton nowadays, like current Chris Middleton is not like relying on his athleticism to be a good defender like he was early in his career uh, pre hamstring injury. Uh, but now it like looks like oh he can actually like stay with defender. He doesn't have to just utilize his uh, his smarts, his defensive IQ to be a good defender. He can u- actually use his physical tools as well. Uh, he comes out there, he hits a three on his first uh, first shot attempt, and you're like oh, Chris Middleton is back, baby. I mean, obviously he's gonna have his trouble shooting the ball. Uh, like what did he have? He had eight points on three of seven uh, shooting, two of four from deep, which is good. But he tried to, like, uh, take guys in the post, take some turnaround jumpers, like classic Chris Middleton, too small stuff. And it's just like the shot. It just looked a little off because, you know, and that's fair because he's not he's not used to it yet. He's only played. This was game eight of this season. So that's understandable. But he looked like he was getting to his spots well. He looked like he knew where he was belonged in the flow of the offense, which is to be expected because he's been with this team, like with this core for as long as the core has been around. So it's not like Chris Middleton is coming in and it's like a trade deadline acquisition or something, even though this team might trade him, treat him, excuse me, like one. Whoa, uh, whoa, they're going to what him, bro? <laughs> <laughs> treat him as uh, such. Like, did I miss a report this morning? <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, so uh, he's actually going to the Clippers for Paul George. But uh, uh, I would not, I'd not be a fan, to be honest with you. No? I mean, I this has it. been a tough year for Chris's health, but... It's pretty much every Paul George season now. This a bit, it's been a solid Paul George season. Whatever, it's and not the happening. forty games he plays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Chris looks—he looked good. He looked like he belonged out there. And obviously, like he didn't play a ton of minutes. Only fifteen, like a shade over fifteen minutes. Had uh, eight points, like I mentioned. He also had four assists, uh, which was good. He had some errant passes as well. Like he had six turnovers. A couple of them were offensive fouls and travels. Yeah, but like. It's like, okay, he looked a little lost out there, but he also looked like a guy who knows that he's capable of passing the ball. He's someone I've called the best passer on the team before. And uh while that while that's no title longer might, true, yeah. No, it's it's not true anymore. It's I it's Giannis and it's Joe Ingles. And maybe Drew. Yeah. Uh that's a good problem Drew's, to have. Not knowing which one, because there's a lot of competition, is a good problem to have. Yeah, I think I think number one is firmly Giannis. I would say uh, Ingles. I feel like we did this last we did. week, and we yeah, we don't have, have to do it again. We, we, no, we did the opposite. Like I said, it was Joe, and you said it was Giannis. Uh, uh no, well, I I had a distinction between vision and actually executing oh, the you, passes. Yeah, you're yeah, right, you're right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, those are the top two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Middleton overall, I'd say he looked pretty good for what for what the context is for him playing his eighth game, for him missing so much time, for him coming back from injuries, from setbacks. He looked good. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to watch now, of course. And I agree. I thought he looked good. I mean, I, I missed like when he like most of his first run, uh, and I, I saw some of the turnovers. I saw some of the shot making. It looks great, I, and I think we saw this too. The first game against the Lakers, like he kind of came in and was just able to make shots right away. So I think the positive is it looks like his shot overall. You know, there's going to be some rust here and there, and like just like young players getting better coming back like knocking the rust off that isn't always going to be linear either but I do think it's a good sign that you know he doesn't look probably as rusty as I expected from either return but the big test now will be you know when he next plays what does he look like right so Chris's first return against LA first game of a back-to-back he didn't play the second part so the Bucks have no back-to-backs coming up this week so we'll see like, is he able to play on Wednesday? That's the first big test. Can he play against Denver? And if so, does he do better than his one for 11 night against Orlando, which was the second game 
he played last time. So I think, you know, this was a great and encouraging start. And just watching Chris again was awesome. The turnovers sucked, but it wasn't like, you know, his athleticism or his feel for the game is totally gone and he can't throw passes anymore. It was more like he's not used to playing. He's not used to playing in the new 2023 NBA where they actually call travels, which got him a couple times, um, a couple of ticky tack, and then just a couple turnovers. Like if he had had two or three turnovers with, I believe, four assists that he had, it wouldn't be a big deal. So I'm just not going to be that worried about that. I Now I just need to see some consistency in him being able to play and continuing to have like you know positive games as he works back to his usual minutes load. You know, you look at he played seven games, as you mentioned. Really six of them, he only played six minutes against the Rockets in the middle of that. So out of the six games, I'd say four were pretty good. Like 17 and 7, 14 and 6, 19 and 5, 20 and 3, the second number being assists. He also had a couple of rebounds in each game, too. But then a 5.1 for 11 stinker against Orlando. And, of course, the 3.1 for 12, worst Bucks game we've ever seen, stinker against Memphis, where they just got absolutely clobbered by the Grizzlies. So I think the key for me is going to be, you know, can we avoid the lowest lows as Chris works back? Like, is that just going to be part of this return as well? Or can, is, you know, maybe taking a little more time, getting that knee a little bit better potentially – going to help not us have these like oh that's horrible can i can i say something that's a little it's a little yeah it's also part of the normal chris middleton experience okay you know what fair <laughs> the grizzlies game was i think statistically his worst no no game no for, for, mean, sure, that, for sure yeah, for sure yeah, yeah yeah no but you're you're gonna like i'm not like listen i am one of the biggest chris middleton supporters you can find out there even though i did just say trade it whatever uh for Potter. i said no um, I, want, I want the record to state i said no to that one okay but it's it's we've seen this over the years chris middleton even though he's an all-star three-time all-star now he's not gonna be four he's not gonna be an all-star this year Maybe next year. Uh, you never know. They love not giving it to Drew, and he deserves it. Maybe oh, my say God. Chris imagine imagine they, they're like, from the Milwaukee, like, last year when they said from yep. the Milwaukee Bucks, I was like, oh, my God, Drew made it. Yep. It's like Chris Middleton. I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, imagine they say this year, from the Milwaukee Bucks, it's Bobby Portis. <laughs> it's like, like, Brooks mad, Drew's mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, really? I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be happy for Bobby. But oh, yeah. Like, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. 
Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, but Chris Middleton is not he's not the most consistent player. He's not quite Anthony Davis where he's going to average 20 by having like a 45-point game and then a 5-point game. But he's going to be having like 30 and 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, get, I get it. I, I understand. I mean, really, it's just, you know, I can even live with some of those games if, like, if, is he just able to play most games? And I get he'll have to take some games off. We're not expecting to see him on back-to-backs for a while. You know, we'll see if at some point that changes or not. I don't know. When is the Bucks next back-to-back? That's something I should have looked up before this. Uh, I don't think they have one until maybe, like, the weekend? Uh, I believe so. Let me check right now. They have a back. No, no they don't have back for a while till February 9th and 10th. Yeah. So, you know, it, and that's a that's a road L.A. back to back. So they're in the same arena. Yeah, I still would guess he doesn't play um, at least one of those games. But I don't know. What would you put? What, what would you guess as the so that's seven games until then? How many of those do you think Chris plays? I think he plays seven. Really? Think he plays all seven? I wouldn't be shocked if he got an off game. I wouldn't be shocked if he had an off game. But the way the Bucks medical staff, rightly so, handles things is that they don't let guys come back unless they're ready to play as like until they're like ready to be like yeah. actual NBA players. Uh, not like, oh, you can only play X amount of minutes and you can only play X amount of games for like this stretch. Usually when guys come back, they don't typically have a minutes restriction. Uh, because they should be ready to go playing full basketball. And again, credit to Suki Hobson and the Bucks medical staff because they do a top, top-tier job in getting their players healthy. Um, so that's why that's why I say I I wouldn't be I'd say if I had to make a prediction, I'd say he plays all seven. But like you said, I wouldn't be shocked if he missed a game. Hornets right in the middle of that, I would just consider as an option if he is to miss one. Obviously, depending on his specific conditioning and and not conditioning, but you know, status for each game too. Yeah, or maybe maybe the Pacers game. Honestly, I just wonder if that's too early into it. But yeah, yeah that's that's certainly an option. Pelicans without Bi or Zion. Are they both still out for that? Yeah. How long are those guys out for? Bi's been out a long. Yeah, time. Yeah, Bi has been out for a long time. I saw pretty, yeah, I saw I their, their fans. Anything kicking around like let's dip into that pick stash and swap him for Siakam to get someone who's available and I was like whoa don't think I like that fit as much for you but I see where you're coming from yeah I mean it's it's hard to tell because it's like it's sort of akin to like Chris and Giannis even though we've seen those two play for years now this is going to be what yeah that's the issue year 10 of those two together um like they just haven't been on the court together much this season yeah and in general, actually, overall, uh, yeah, I was going to say Zion's missed so many, so much. Yeah, the difference is, you know, the Bucks. We at least have like, you know, barring some catastrophic regression, we know roughly what to expect. I mean, Chris Giannis Drew has yet to lose a playoff series together when they all play, right? So it's a lot harder if you're like, you know, we think we can be great, and we've had a couple great months here and there, and not much else. That's a tough position to be in, but I don't think the Pelicans would trade. Brandon Ingram, at least not this year. Anyway, we'll get to some trade talk a little bit later. Real quick, though, you mentioned Bobby Portis earlier, Rohan. Did you know that Feeding America, Eastern Wisconsin, has teamed up with Bobby Portis Jr. of the Milwaukee Bucks for the 20th annual PB&J Challenge? Why peanut butter and jelly? Sandwich is a timeless classic. A lot of people can remember enjoying a delicious PB&J sandwich after a long day at school or playing outside. Also important to know, peanut butter is one of the most requested food items at shelters and pantries. This shelf-stable protein provides necessary nutrients for children and is great in a meal or snack. I can attest to this, by the way. I'm, I'm reading an ad, but I'm going to go off script here. I love peanut butter. I go crazy. I eat peanut butter every day. Nice. Chunky, which is going to... I know we're on the same side here. It's going to kick off yes, a firestorm on Twitter. Not again. I'm sure it'll happen. I don't care. You creamy sickos can do whatever you want. Chunky peanut butter, the texture, the satisfying crunch, it's unbeatable. I know you love peanut butter too, Rohan. Maybe not as passionate as me, 
but a little peanut butter in my oats, a little PB&J here and there. It's a superfood, if you ask me, without knowing any definition for that. Um, but yeah, knowing that nearly 20% of Wisconsin's kids are food insecure, donations of peanut butter can help kids with the food and fuel they need for successful days in class and at play. Let's work to get that number down and donate food. There are multiple ways to get involved to do that. You can host a PB&J drive at your school or business or organization. You can also donate to the cause. A $1 donation will provide seven sandwiches to kids in our community, and all of the donations stay 100% local. If you go to feedingamericawi.org slash Bobby. Bobby's been a great teammate at Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. His foundation hosted a mobile food distribution. He is fully committed to helping fight hunger in our community. The mayor of Milwaukee is truly living up to his title and helping those that need. You can also donate at your local pick and save store, donate five bucks to provide 35 sandwiches, or a kid's meal at Cousin Subs. Their new PB&J comes with a custom Portis headband, and Cousins will donate to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin for PB&J sandwich kid's meals purchased. I'm going to have to go to Cousins and get a kid's meal. I want the headband. Yeah, this is like, you're, you're never going to see me, Kate, like, uh, go all in on ads. But this is one I'm going to really, really go in yeah, on. Yeah, this is important. Because this is important. This is a very, very good cause. Uh, like you mentioned, 20% of kids are food insecure. That is 20% too high yeah. in this state. Well, it's 100% Please. too high. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to say something nice. Stuff. I know. Well, I just want to make sure that the people don't think that you're like only 15% of kids should be. Obviously, it should be zero. That's what we're yes, on. Yes, that's, that's just, what I'm yeah. trying to say. You're absolutely right. It should be zero. Please, please help if you can. Yeah. Um, I will be helping. I know, Ty, you'll be helping. It's it's something that we should really all work towards solving. Yeah, really excited to partner with Feeding America and try and do something about this. So Eurostep listeners, Winning Six listeners, you know, GSPN listeners, really um, go, go help out, whether donating food, money, whatever, whatever helps join Bobby Portis, the mayor of Milwaukee. If Bobby thinks it's a good cause, pretty much has to be. We have some other Bobby Portis news, unfortunately, to discuss, although he said he's all right when asked by Jim Ozarski, Big Jim. But Bobby Portis, knee soreness, just like a cursed phrase for Bucks fans, those five games when Giannis and Chris are both out with different knee sorenesses. It's like the Exodia building of unfortunate Bucks injuries. Surge is the head because his head is not in the game right now. And they were two arm injuries away from an Exodia injury report. Thankfully, that we're going the other way now with the injuries. But Bobby's been added. At first, we thought it was an ankle when it happened live because it kind of seemed like that's how he fell. But jostled a knee kind of falling getting bumped in the air going up for a rebound i believe had to exit the game walked back to the tunnel alone the funny thing about stuff like this is everyone determines something different based on the available evidence so i remember on playback somebody was like oh it's good news no one's going back with him someone in chat was like it's terrible news he has to go back alone who knows but rohan future doctor love your analysis on bobby portis's injury I mean, it was just, it, it looked like it was both an ankle and a knee. <laughs> uh, obviously, the impact was on the ankle, but that sort of, like you mentioned, it sort of led him to fall and his knee kind of looked like it took, it took a weird hit. It, it Nothing looked like anything was actually wrong with the knee. There's, like, I wouldn't be concerned about any structural damage or anything like that. I'd say it's just like, I don't know, it's like a worse, or not worse, excuse me. It's a, it's a slightly less... Um, severe version of what happened to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's sort of like that. It's like you sort of you sort of like get impact at the ankle. It kind of hurts the knee. Um, and like we saw, uh, no, I mean, who knows what the NFL does with their players? But we saw Patrick Mahomes playing that game still. Uh, who knows what kind uh, what they gave him? But uh, he looked like he, he looked like uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back after that Bears game. Uh, and he was <laughs> that famous post-game interview, Money. <laughs> that was I, I miss fun Aaron Rodgers moments. Trade trade two first, New York Jets. Do it anyway. Uh please. But uh it's I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly concerned. I think the Bucks are gonna take their time because it's still, you know, the middle of the regular season. We haven't even hit the all-star break yet. So 
I, I don't be shocked if the Bucks are cautious about it, but I would not say that this is like cause for so much concern. Yeah, I mean, we, we understand because of Brooke last season, Chris this season, there's always going to be panic bells. As a less medically intelligent, generally intelligent human, um, I, I was the same place as you, not not too concerned. Certainly hope it's not going to be multiple weeks, but you know, if Bobby has to miss a week to make sure he's really good, then that's fine, right? Like it's these are the kind of like wear and tear, bumps and bruises that you kind of expect. And I feel like Bucks fans have just dealt with so many serious long-term injuries that there's like no concept of how to deal with these ones anymore. Of just like, oh, that sucks. It'll be, you know, when it first happened, I was like, oh, that stinks. Bobby probably missed, you know, maybe a week. Who knows exactly how many games? And everyone else is immediately like, three months, knee sword is probable for three straight months. What are we going to do? Hopefully it's not that. Uh, we don't really know. Speaking of injuries, one last before we get to trades and other stuff. Non-Bucks injury, but pretty big for Wednesday's game. Nikola Jokic questionable for Tuesday night against New Orleans. Bucks play the Nuggets on Wednesday. Jokic, I feel, I mean, this isn't a Bucks, this is a league-specific thing, but just one of the hardest players outside of the miracle TA game um, for the Bucks to handle defending. Uh, if he doesn't play, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, they have a couple other guys questionable, and they also are, if they do play Tuesday, then they're going to Milwaukee on a back-to-back. So should be, as far as the games against the Nuggets go and the potential three-time MVP Nikola Jokic go, could be on the easier side for the Bucs. I believe Jokic missed uh, Sunday's game. He did. Against uh, uh, OKC. Yes, and he missed uh, Friday's game against Indiana. It's weird to see him miss games. I feel like he's been kind of an Iron Man. I know that was one, two, three, four, five. That was only that was the sixth game he's missed this season. Yeah, he plays a lot. He does play a lot. It do you do tires you, him out in the postseason? But uh, yeah, maybe. Do Do you think he should not win MVP? I think I don't have a problem with him winning MVP. I yeah. have a problem with Giannis not winning MVP like three years ago. Yeah, but I, I agree. But I I don't want to hold that against Jokic. No, no, like I, I'm 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 upset with the logic behind it. Like it's it's not like I can't say I wanted Giannis to win and then say, oh, that should be held against Jokic because Giannis didn't win his third straight. Like, if anything, I'm glad it's breaking that sort of mindset because it's like, oh, this guy doesn't have any playoff like super high. He hasn't won a title. So why does he need to? I mean, Giannis made a conference finals uh as well in his one of his MVP seasons. So uh just like Jokic did, but it's like yeah. if 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 you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's like when Giannis it was the it was the the season they won the title, the 2021 season. Uh, Giannis was not really considered in the MVP race, even though he was right up there with Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, uh, because uh, people were holding his playoff success against him, which is really really funny considering they won the title that year. Yeah, uh, so so funny. But and then. Because it's like you don't want to give someone like rare, rarefied air when it's like Wilt, Bird, and who who are the other, MJ? Who's the other guy? MJ, who's uh, one of three guessing. straight MVPs. Yeah. Uh, like, that's why they didn't want to give it to Giannis, but it's like, oh, you want to give it to Jokic, even though he's had similar playoff, uh, like success or lack thereof, whatever you want to consider. Yeah. Uh, in his season. So that's why, like, I, I'm happy to see that break. Yeah, we all like so that's why it's like I wouldn't be upset if Jokic won. I'd just be it, it's sort of like almost jealousy. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I just think this year in particular, like I tried initially to, you know, factor it in or whatever, like, oh, they probably won't vote for Jokic. And at a certain point, like a month ago, it just got too ridiculous. You're trying to consider these other candidates and it's like no one's close. Like the Grizzlies are really good. I'm sorry. John Morant's not a true MVP candidate like they're. They're a great team, and they have a great system that Taylor Jenkins has. I don't view him as an MVP caliber guy. Tatum, I guess, is still a good candidate. I, Tatum, I don't know. yeah. Doesn't move me as much. I think KD, honestly, before the injury, had a pretty strong case with how well the Nets were playing. I don't think that was going to last because they were playing like two games a week against pretty bad teams. But I think he had he was building a case, and obviously now he's out of the picture. Yeah, I just don't think there's that many... You know, I don't think it's a very strong year for MVP candidates. I mean, Tatum, I suppose, Jokic clearly is, 
And then outside of that, I mean, Giannis. The, Mav, the Mavs aren't good enough. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Luka, I think, is going to end up on a lot of ballots. But, you know, they're, they're just not good. I mean, same with Steph, right? Like, I'm not going to consider Steph while, you know, with and without him, the Warriors cannot win on the road anywhere. They, I mean, they're, they're a below 500 team. Yeah. Are you afraid of them? If you, if you saw them in the finals, if they somehow the made Warriors? it. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, no. And they no. also, for the record, the war, like Sam and Andy of Light Years, I'll chat with them sometimes about Bucks Warriors. They don't want to play Giannis. Like, they're like, no. Draymond is too old and can't do that for a full series. Like, they don't, we don't have the right big body for that. The Bucks have matched up really well against the Warriors. Even, like, even in the KD era, yeah. the Bucks matched up well with the Warriors. If they had won that Toronto series, like, I was, I was feeling confident oh, yeah. that they were able to beat, like, the full-strength Warriors. They, the, the Celtics were a, such a good matchup for them because they were like, oh, yeah, we'll play on the perimeter. You have... Really, not not much or if any size that threatens us. I mean, Robert Williams can catch laws, but he's not going to like dominate you in the post. Horford no, just, shoots more than he's anything an now. He's not yeah. big. Yeah. So no, I'm not. I'm not worried about the. I'm not worried about the Warriors. I think the Warriors should be worried about the Warriors. I think they are. Uh, I think the title blueprint though of the 22 Warriors is a good one for the Bucks. Like. They don't really add much. They just kind of get healthy and go on a run. I mean, is that not? I was thinking about this like this week. Is that not exactly what the Bucks want to do this season? Even down to their their you know premier wing player, like kind of is he going to be the same? Is he going to be able to come back? And he wasn't really like I think Clay's better this year than he was last playoffs, but it was enough. And they just know how to play together. They know how to win. Like that's kind of the exact blueprint the Bucks want to follow too. And I feel like. It's not talked about enough. There's been so many, like, negative Bucks stories or other things this year. Like, they literally... Why can't the Bucks win, Ty, when Giannis and Chris aren't playing? Yeah, it's a, a huge mystery. The Bucks have taken a step back, Ty, they have when one Giannis center. and Chris have yeah. not played. Yeah, it's shocking news. This team can't win a title. I heard Adam say that on, on Winning Six. Yeah, of course this team can't. Of course the team with Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, and Bobby Portis as the big three isn't winning a title. That should not be shocking to anyone. It'd be remarkable if they could. I would sign if up to watch that If they did, that'd be, that the greatest, that'd be the greatest NBA story of all time. Like, yeah, of course that team. Like, yeah, uh, take, uh, take, take the Nets. Take KD and Kyrie off the team. Yeah. Can that team win the title? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Should not take, be take the Celtics. News. Take Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum off the team. Can that team win the title? No. Yeah. Take the Heat. Yeah, you don't have to take anyone off for them yeah. to win the title. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was so unnecessary. No, I feel it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. They took two off the Bucks in Miami, so it's that that's that's only fair. Um, but yeah, I just think uh, it's a good blueprint, though. It's like yeah, it turns out just like the institutional knowledge of knowing how to win, having these great players, you know that. The, the main player is still so transcendent and the guys around him just like know enough and they have the right role players. It's kind of the exact blueprint the Bucks are trying to follow. So I feel like that title, while every title the Bucks don't win sucks, I mean, clearly they, they were knocked out in the second round that year. Honestly, I think it's like probably the best case for the Bucks for that team to win. Yeah, and plus the Celtics didn't, so. Yeah, I'm always on the team. This may be hating, but I never want a new team to win because I feel like, that confidence and like just quiet confidence you get after winning one, it does change things and it just like makes your whole core more durable to like a bad year or something. I don't want other teams to go through that. So the Warriors, if it's a Bucks off year, I guess just keep stacking them up. Who cares? And I don't, I don't want anyone comparing like Tatum to Giannis. So yeah, that's another good point. Uh, but even though the Bucks, like if they want to follow that blueprint, blueprint well, they. Uh, they don't necessarily have to add anyone via trade. That doesn't mean that Bucks players aren't in trade rumors time. Your We've poor got, son. Uh, yeah, my poor son. Let's 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 not go there first. Okay. Let's go with uh. Let's go with our our, our man, uh, Mafuzi Chef Serge Ibaka. Oh man. So, so we couldn't talk uh, about we, this on the last pod. We could. Yes. We didn't know for sure yet. Now we pretty much know for sure. He has requested a trade. He quit on the team. <laughs> he has. And the worst part is, and the, the Suns went through this worse with Crowder, and this made me really feel for Suns fans, actually, all 12 of them, that, it, it, like, you quit on the team, and then they actually would have had to play you, and you would have gotten what you wanted. Like, Crowder goes home, and then Cam Johnson goes out. It's like, you could start, you could play a bunch of minutes, we kind of need you, and he's just like, no. Serge goes home, 
and then Giannis is out for more than a week. That means the only bigs are basically Brooke and Bobby. The Mamu experiment, like, I guess they're just over it. Like, that, that would really, that was the time for Mamu to play. We did not see him that much. Saw him a little bit. Not, not great for him. But it's like, that was really the time that Serge would have played a lot. And I remember, especially in the Miami games, but also in some others, like, yeah, they could really use a backup center right now. Like, this was the exact situation that Serge was, we thought, brought back for. And he wasn't happy about his playing time when he forgot the basketball most of the times that he was in the paint. Like, you forgot the basketball, Serge. I, yeah. F- flummoxing. It's flummoxing it's, to it's, me. I don't, I don't want to be too hard on him. I do. Okay. He's a role <laughs> player. Seems- He's a screen setter. Also, just to clear things up, I don't think that's what... I hope it is. <laughs> I hope it contributed. That'd be so funny. That would be hilarious. Uh, I hope. I don't think it's that. Um, I think it's like actual like not playing on the uh, for the team rather than Giannis making some comments after he woke him up on a Facetime. Yeah, uh, don't do that. It's also like Sir, Serge is still like he's still posting like highlights on his Instagram story and stuff. He liked so Giannis's post after the game. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's like there's actual like massive chemistry concerns there. I think it's Serge like having confidence in himself, in himself, and credit to him for thinking that he can provide more for a basketball team than he is on the Bucks right now. And it's not like the way it was worded. Sure, it's probably Serge requesting a trade, um, but it's like the Bucks and Serge have mutually agreed to go find a trade. It's like, yeah, if you're not happier, we'll help you get somewhere. And Serge is like, yeah, I don't want to be here. We also, it's it's worth noting that Serge has to approve any trade that he is a part of this <sighs> season because of the deal he signed, uh, which is just, it's it's a it's a weird CBA rule where it's like if you're a free agent and you sign back with the team that uh, you were on if you for have, a one-year deal with yeah. no options or, or a two-year deal with the second year being an option, yep. you basically get a de facto no-trade clause. Yeah, uh, because and Serge has that, Javon has that, West has that. Yeah, it would throw off your earlier bird rights. It's like uh, protecting them in in contract in the contractual situation. <sighs> yeah, you know, I I wouldn't mind at all if he was like, yeah, I'd like to play more. Can you work on finding me a deal? And the Bucks are like, sure. Do you have to leave the team to do that? I mean, he doesn't want to get hurt in that time, I guess. In the eight minutes he plays and. Uh, it's oh, just like he's, he's old. I would. I would I have no, he's like thirty three or something. Yeah, he's not that old. I, I would have no issue with Serge being like, I'd like to go somewhere and play more, but playing zero in the meantime, it's just like it just seems counterproductive. It does, and especially considering that his tape this season isn't great. <laughs> it's better than last uh, season, which is really saying something. Yeah, it might be. Is I thought it? he was fine. I, I mean, it's. I it thought was, he was better last season. I don't know about that. Maybe I thought he looked a little spryer this year. I mean, again, couldn't grab a basketball, which is kind of a problem. I Had mean, some good defensive moments, like three good defensive moments. Whatever, it's an yeah, absurd. Yeah, that's fair. It's so, it's not been great either year. The crazy part is some teams want to trade for him, and apparently, so, the, yeah. the price is one second round pick. Yes, and that's fine. I mean. If you can get an asset for someone who's not playing, sure. Yeah. If you're the Milwaukee Bucks or John Horst, yeah. Uh, according to uh, what is this? Uh, wait, what's the source here? Is this hoops hype? Yeah, it's hoops hype. Yeah. So we've got uh, the the Nets, the Heat, and the Hawks are monitoring Serge Ibaka. Oh, I hope uh, it's Heat. I really do. I think that'd be hilarious. I wouldn't be surprised if the other teams I had in mind were the Clippers, Warriors, and Raptors. Yeah. Clippers and Warriors and Raptors, I guess, need big man depth. And especially the Raptors, I think he'd be happy to go back there. They still love him in Toronto. Yeah. And he loves it in Toronto. Yeah, they really have nothing else to do this year. So why not just like do a little reflection on 2019 tour? And if he if he wants playing time and the chance, like the chance at playing time, we'll say. The the Clippers and the Warriors also. The Warriors have no size whatsoever outside of Kevon Looney. Yeah, until until uh, they see him play, there's a chance of playing time there. Yeah, that's that's why I'm saying there's a chance of playing time. The Clippers, uh, they they have no one behind Zubots. Yeah. Uh, their their team like it's it's funny t- like the Raptors and the Clippers, two teams who have been like, Okay, let's just stack up on wings and nothing else. 
uh, shocked that it's not working. <laughs> and Absolutely two, shocked. Two former Serge Ibaka teams. Yeah. So, and uh, I think he like he probably liked his time with the Clippers. Like he likes LA. I I, I think. Uh, yeah. He likes the he likes the big city. So I wouldn't surprise to see him approve a trade to the Clippers or the Warriors or the Heat. I I just like. I just don't know what he expects. Like, what role is going to be that much bigger than the Bucks' role? None Actually of these teams playing as saying. a backup big man because he didn't play as a backup. I don't big think man. he would play every night for any of those teams. Yeah, but it's, it's it's all situational. Yeah, I think I think any place you're going to play in general is better than the Bucks, though. I just don't think that place exists. No, no, no. Like you're saying, like he's not going to play every night. He wasn't playing at all in Milwaukee. Well, yeah. I mean. Who knows? I mean, he was playing he play, off he and played on. In, he played in 16 games this season. He played in more games last season than he has this season. And he was yeah. acquired after the trade deadline. Yeah, there's been some speculation of maybe the expect, expectation on both sides was Brooke would play less. I don't know. Maybe. But then it's like, yeah, I guess maybe because you're not expecting Brooke Lopez to come and have his best season in probably a decade. Yeah. Uh, at this age, coming after back surgery the season prior. So I guess that's fair as well. It's like he expected a little bit more. We were both surprised that he came back in general. Yeah. We 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 I think we made a joke like have fun with your art career or something. Like yeah, we said he's career. a full time content creator. Oh yeah, yeah. And now yeah, he's, that's what he's that again for you know at least a couple <laughs> was that, weeks. And I, I think that was the pod where we were like we had to make an addendum after yeah. we signed. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. Uh, we were like, we, were, oh, yeah, so we were on the money. Yeah, we were like, oh yeah. Uh I think we said, like, yeah, Serge is back. Uh, later in the episode, we, we make some jokes, but he's back. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just I, – I think it's going to be one of those five teams. I think it's going to be one of the, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Raptors, the Heat. That's four teams. Yeah. That's enough what's your, Serge Ibaka talk. I, I think, prediction? I think he gets bundled into some other deal, and instead of some team actually giving something up, they, like, require one last second-round pick. But is he going to want to go there? Uh, Knicks. I think he goes to the Knicks. They they want him too because Mitchell Robinson is out. That's true. That's true. And speaking of the Knicks, my son, yeah, my son Grayson Allen has been has been eyed has been eyed by the New York Knicks. According to Ian Begley, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Um, Ian Begley is usually he's very he's very connected uh, within the Knicks. This I think reminds me of. Do you remember when Dante was going to get traded? And, like, the Celtics clearly had interest, but the Bucks were like, we need Grant Williams. And the Celtics were like, no. And then it fell apart, and they had to go do the surge deal. It does I've, remind me of that. I feel like it's that, but quickly. And I don't know if it'll fall apart or not. I don't think the Bucks care about Cam Reddish. I think the Knicks are putting out that the Bucks care about Cam Reddish. You look at every player Horace has acquired midseason, and I shared a list on Twitter on Monday. It's like a bunch of old vets. It's not... Oh, we could take an upside swing on on this guy, and that's pre-drafting Marjon, who's already your developmental guy in the roster. Quickly is young too, but he can play. I think the Bucks want him, and we've seen like with Grant Williams, they'll target a guy who's younger. But I don't think they're gonna go. Oh yeah, Cam Reddish, who can't crack the freaking Knicks rotation with R.J. Barrett out. That's who we want to add. Like I don't think the Bucks care about Cam Reddish. Honestly, wouldn't surprise me if they looped in a third team who is sort of interested. And got something else back, you know. Can you get Josh Richardson and Emmanuel quickly in a three-team deal? I'd like that more than Reddish. I don't think I want Josh Richardson. I'd um, want him more than Cam Reddish. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I have no. I do not understand why people are obsessed with Cam Reddish. Is it because he had one good game against the Bucks in the yeah. Eastern Conference? Yeah, and, and the drafting. People are still. I know at least one person still high on Jarrett Culver. Just because, like, you drafted top 10, wings drafted the there. Time. Yeah, he's in the G League. I saw him play this year. He's not, not that good. He, Cam Reddish for his career is, what is he? He's a 32.3% three-point shooter. He's shooting 45% on twos. I mean, the, the problem is, it's like, that the stats plus two teams now are like, yeah, we just don't want to play the guy anymore. Like, that tells you something. Yeah. The Hawk, the Knicks traded for him saying, hey, we can, like, if we can turn this guy into something... That'd be fun. Uh, Immediately like, oh. gave up. Yeah, it's like that that meme. It's like, it hasn't worked for any of those, yep. but it could work for us. Exactly. So, I um, mean, whatever. If they get him for, like, nothing, I guess. But I just – it's also, I think, a contract year for him. 
So it's like, okay, the Bucks probably not going to give him a big contract. I mean, you're going to trade him. He's going to walk. Same reason, honestly, like Rui Hachimura got traded to the Lakers. I just didn't care at all. I, I don't Except think he's a Rui good fit. can actually play. I think he Rui can, play. can actually play. He's better. He's better. Yeah. I think he's a terrible fit on the Bucks because I think he's mostly a four. And that's the hardest place to crack the rotation in Milwaukee. He's going to be a terrible fit on the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, he can play. So maybe, maybe it'll be a good fit just from pure talent versus I the guess. rest of their roster. Um, but he can't really shoot, which is a problem for both teams. And again, it's like they, they plan to resign him. You kind of have to if you're going to trade for him midseason. And, and why would the Bucks, you know, unless he somehow did fit perfectly, pay a bunch of money for Rui? So I think it's good that we, we saw a trade go through that didn't require insane draft capital because the Bucks don't really have that. And if you can get an, an interesting young player for a lot of seconds, that's good news for Milwaukee. But yeah, quickly intrigues me. Don't care at all about Reddish. Uh, Josh Richardson, whatever. Doug McDermott, more expensive, whatever. The Spurs guys. Yeah. I mean, I I think I'd rather have Dougie McBuckets than Josh Richardson. I don't know. I think I could talk myself into Josh playing a little bit of defense. Yeah, but it's like... He's also cheaper, which does matter. Yeah, but it's like, do you, do you really want to add a guy you can't shoot to the playoff rotation? He's been shooting pretty well. I mean, what's it? What's he last shooting? couple seasons? He's kind of shot well. Okay, let me let me pull it up. He he I reminds mean, me of like the very meh three and D wings we used to get excited about them potentially trading for, and they never did. I guess I guess he's been shooting better recently. Yeah, I think these last couple he's seasons a, he's a, he got it he's together. Thirty six thirty six point nine percent this season. Uh, last season he was at forty one point five. Yeah. Then before that, he was at 33, 34, 35. Was it, were those the Sixers years? Uh, one, one Sixers year, he shot 34. Then it was all Miami. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a risk. But it's like that to me is like my, my thought on him is if you trade Grayson for a different archetype, like quickly is more of a, a point guard. Or like if it's a Crowder thing, which again, as Eric Name put in his trade article, I don't even know if you trade Grayson in a Crowder deal anymore. But if someone like that, right, like either a big wing or a guard, then I wouldn't mind grabbing a Josh Richardson just to have like another, basically another option at the two. I mean, I think the Bucks could cover it with like, you know, positionless basketball or whatever, but I wouldn't mind just like grabbing another 6'5", 6'6"-ish guy who can shoot and move the ball a little. I just think that, that it would be that. So like if that's their main acquisition, that's pretty underwhelming, but whatever, it's a good roster. It would just be like a depth piece. But he's, to me, I look at as like, okay, if we get a big wing and we would use some small guys, go get him too. Yeah. What are your thoughts on trading Grayson in general? Still very open to it, despite the hot stretch. I mean, I just think like... It's been a very, very hot stretch. Yes. This has been the Grayson Allen experience. I remember when Chris went out last season and he was like a 20-point-per-game guy for two weeks. And it's like, yeah, it's great. I just... I know there's a, a low point coming. That's just how it's gone. I mean, so. yeah, but it's like it's it's also the difference is like even when he's not shooting well, he's still making very very impactful plays now. Like yeah. he's finding ways to contribute in terms of like crashing the boards, passing the ball. Uh, defensively, his hands have gotten so so much better. There was a play yeah. in the Pistons game where uh, what was it? He he's uh, once he stopped a fast break uh, by uh, like a swipe away from the ball. Uh, and then there was one play where he he got a steal, uh, then like saved it out of bounds to Drew Holiday. It was really nice, yeah. Uh, so that that was good. Like he's finding ways to contribute even if he's not scoring super well. Uh, I'm still gonna. I, everyone knows this. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna still believe in Grayson Allen. So it's like I would prefer to see him not traded. But if it, if you're getting someone like quickly, yeah, sure. You know, the funny thing about Quickly is the shooting does concern me a little bit. I think they could figure it out, but he's not a great three-point shooter. It's a little tricky. I think it's, it's, more, of the, it's more of the handle and like yeah, the, oh yeah. being a I point mean, guard. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I'm, uh, that's and, what I'm I, and I think, on Quickly. I think over the last and month. young, too. Over the last month, I think he shot the ball really well, too. Yeah, and he, he's still only 23, Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah, it would be like, okay, we have an actual young core now between him and Bochamp. It's like, wow, okay, we have there's a real – Contingent guys of waiting young in the players. Wings. Yeah, you basically would like. It's kind of funny. They'd basically have like a better young core than the Warriors, just with like one late first and a second draft kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
the the other trade rumor that we've seen for the Milwaukee Bucks is that uh, they tried to get Eric Gordon or are continuing to try to get yeah, Eric Gordon. Yeah, that one, the wording on that, I wasn't as sure about that. Yeah, it, this was a this was a Mark Stein report. Oh, okay, explored, never mind. I saw it in group type. Uh, they explored a uh, uh, a similar approach that they tried to get Miritich uh, mm. with four second round picks. They tried to do that with, uh, or are currently trying to do that with Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon makes a lot of money, so I don't know how that million? would work. I think it's like eighteen. Yeah, I think you're right. I, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. Eric Gordon this season is making. 19 million, 19 and a half million. You get to a place where you have to include someone, Ingles, Pat, or someone who makes more than Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't see why you would do that for Eric Gordon. He has has a non-guaranteed 20 mil contract next year. Yeah. Uh, Unless uh, Unless they win the title, which actually could happen. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I just, Would that transfer over? Yeah, it does. It does. No, no, no. I, I checked that with Keith Smith because um, Al Horford, when he flip-flopped, and it was like, is, is he – like because they were playing someone like his last team in the playoffs or they could have. And I was like, wait, are they are they played the Sixers. And I was like, is he incentivized to throw this series? Because if the Sixers win, he gets more money. And he was like, no, it goes to your current team. It's not, it's not the so, old team. Oh, he has to play – uh, 500, 500 min- minutes uh, or seven fifty regular season plus playoffs and a title for it to be guaranteed. Oh, that's that's a little tough then. I think he's playing. Maybe he did that. I don't know. But uh, I just I, 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 yeah. I I just can't see. I just can't see them pointing up that salary. No, it's it's too. It breaks up too much of your team. I wouldn't trade any of the players making that much one for one. I I don't think I'd even trade Grayson one for one. To be honest. No. I mean Eric Gordon, like it's not like it's not like this is prime Eric Gordon. No. I mean if you did Grayson is what, eight? Eight point six, I think. Hill Something is like four, that. so that's twelve. War is three, so that's fifteen. So like you're close. I mean maybe Sorry. yeah, I, yeah, it's basically vet minimum. So I guess if you just cobble together the whole bottom of the roster. But then yeah, it's like me... you have a bunch of roster spots, your tax hit goes up. And again, yeah, it's like you have, that, you have a lot of open roster spots. Like, do you really want to tear? I mean, I think Hill has played well in limited run. Grayson's played really well lately. So you're giving up two decent rotation options and a bunch of set, your second round picks to go get Eric Gordon, who has not looked very good this season. Mind you, that circumstance matters, but I don't know. I, I just I don't see it. I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how if I can make this work really quickly. Um, if you, if you trade, let's see. You're over your out, by the way, just to make sure you know. Oh, no, no, I'm good. Okay. Um, if you trade Serge, George, Grayson, and Wara, that's enough. Yeah, I still don't think I'm all that interested, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not that interested. But, um. Gary Trent? Are you giving up the first for Gary Trent? I'd rather go Bojan. Yeah. Also, that's like that's that's been a report. The Bucks are interested in Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah. That uh, that again, great that, great audition. Yeah. Great audition last night. That that um, takes about as many players too, or as many salary. That one, I'm like, all right, you can talk me into that. Yeah, you could definitely talk me into that because he is a very he's an impact player. hooper. He's a hooper. He is an absolute hooper. Um, but uh, is there any other any other trade things you want to touch on? Jazz aren't aren't talking. A little worried that's just not happening. I'd be surprised if they dealt with the Raptors. Yeah. The next yeah, thing Boyan is makes the, Boyan makes the same amount, by the way, as yeah. they're recording. Yeah, about 20. Yeah. They both make 19 and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so. If, if they get Boyan without giving up Ingles, Pat, or anyone who makes more than that, then it's like, okay, now we're then really if you trade those, If you trade those players plus a pick, like a first. Yeah. Be interesting. Um, sorry, I cut you off. No, that's that's. I, I just you look around the league. I don't know what it's going to be right now. I don't know who else is selling. There's people who thought someone said, "Does this mean the Bucks can trade for Kuzma after Rui?" I was like, "No, it means the opposite. They are going to back up the Brinks truck to get Kyle Kuzma and be the tenth seed every year. It's all they want to do." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, unless you have anything else you need to touch on, I think we're we're wrapped up here. No, uh, say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep. 
here on Blue Wire and GSPN. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this podcast platform of choice, YouTube. Um, make sure you leave a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. Leave a like on YouTube. That'd be nice. Thank you. Uh, helps us out a ton. Make sure uh, you check out all things GSPN at gspn.info. Uh, all of our links are there, other podcasts. Um, Substack, merch, Discord, playback, whatever you need for GSPN that's on gspn.info. Um, I think uh, I think that's all the plugs. So I'll say pod random and uh, talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.